0: Hallelujah. Well, I love how you're a talkative bunch. It's great. Love the interactions in this place. Isn't God good? It's so good to have the spirit of the Lord amongst us, isn't it? Why don't you find your seats? And we're going to get right into the Word of God this morning. And uh, as always, I'm so excited to come around the Word of God. I know you are too. So why don't you uh, take a moment to find your seats And we're going to get started. So, as always, I'd like to open in prayer. So, let's do that. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to come around your word with your people, Lord. I thank you for those who are here in person, for those who are watching online, and for those who watch this later, Lord. Lord, I just ask, Father, that your spirit would be upon me to speak your words, that it would be your words of life, not my own wisdom. Not my own understanding, but the words of the Lord. Father, anoint the ears to hear what you're saying to us. Let the word go forth in power and transform our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you if you're not already. All righty. I want to talk to you today uh, a word that's been growing in my heart over the last two weeks. Um, I said to Jeremy, if uh, if he didn't mind I bags preaching <laughs> today because I just got this word that's really just building in me and I felt it needs to be shared and so it's called the Lord's call to you in 2022 and I believe today he wants to call you specifically he has a word for you this year And uh, I'm just going to jump right into that. Uh, Every year we seek the Lord, we ask him, Lord, what's this year entail? What what do we have ahead of us? What do we need to know? And uh, what does 2022 mean for your people? And look, I believe with all my heart that all of us are here, alive today and part of this generation because the Lord purposed us to be here. If you weren't Born now, it's because uh, you weren't meant to be. But because you're here, you are part of this end time generation and God has a specific plan and a job for you to do. I believe in 2022, we're going to see a lot of things go down. We're going to see a lot of enemy uh, plans being set up. The plans the enemy thinks he is setting up are actually foretold in the Bible in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel and many of the other Old Testament prophets. They're not his uh, plans. They're what God has allowed him to do because he has foretold it from thousands of years ago that this would be the case. God is in control. I, I, I think the prideful nature of the enemy makes him fall directly into the very plans of God, even though he thinks He has all these things he's trying to outwork. Listen, this is a year to be brave, to be bold, and to stand firm in our God. 2022 is not for the faint-hearted. And I don't believe we are faint-hearted. I know that I want to be counted among the believing and the faithful. I want to be counted among those who say, I trust in the Lord. And I want to just give you a few interesting things about twenty-two before we go any further. The number 22, uh, I looked up uh, the meaning of that in the Hebrew language. Now, 22 is interesting because it's actually double 11. So 11 is an interesting number. Uh, 11 means disorder and chaos. And so that is like the enemy's plan, disorder and chaos. But let me tell you what else 22 means for the believer. In the Gospel of John, the the word light is used 22 times. In fact, it is the meaning of light. So 22, it's like... Revelation, understanding, light, the light of the world. You can see there is two stark opposites here. And I believe it depends on whose camp you're in. If you're in the camp of the enemy, there is despair, there is disorder, there is chaos, there is fear, there is dread, there is anxiety. But if you're in the camp of the people of God who are full of faith, then 2022 is going to be a time of being light bearers in a dark world. And I am so excited about what God has for us this year. All right, I wanna look at uh, two passages about 2022, uh, two, sorry, 22 uh, out of the Bible that I believe are really quite prophetic for this year. So we're gonna start with Genesis 22. And um, oh, this is one of my all time favorite uh, passages in the Bible, one of the accounts that I absolutely love. This one means so much to me. Um, God used this to heal me many years ago from an incurable virus, this account in scripture. He also used this time and time again to reveal his unending love for me. And um, there's also an amazing prophetic key here for us uh, for 2022. So let's look at Genesis 22. If you brought your Bibles, please turn there. I'm going to grab mine and uh, we're going to get started. So Genesis 22. It's uh, the account where God calls Abraham to offer up his son, Isaac. So let's take a look. I'm starting in verse one. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Good things happen on the third day. I just love this. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. I want you to remember verse 5. We're going to come back to that. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire and uh Uh, in his hand, sorry, and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. As it is today, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate." Of their enemies, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Bethsheba, and Abraham dwelt at Bethsheba. All right, how does this relate to 2022 and the year we're living in? I think there's a couple of things that I want to really bring out here. And uh, emphasize, and I think we're gonna see some um, correlations here. Okay, first thing is, it starts off with a test. Do you know, I believe with all my heart, what we're going through at the moment is a sifting and a testing time, not just in the body of Christ, but across the whole world. It's a shaking time. God is looking to see what is in our hearts. Now, in China, the believers are getting more and more persecuted by the day in Iran, in places like Afghanistan, there is ah, crazy things going on for those who claim the name of Jesus, who follow him, who are his disciples and uh, those people though are so willing to give their lives for Jesus they are so in love with him he's all that matters he literally is their everything he is their provider. They often can't get things that others can get because they are believers. But, you know, they have this amazing joy and this steadfast faith and endurance. But in the West, what I see has crept into the church uh, at large. Not every person, but a lot of a lot of times there's a lot of self-centeredness or centeredness on the here and now. The things that uh, we want to achieve, we want to get, the things we want to own, what we want to do, where we want to go. And there's been a real shaking over the last two years where God is saying, hey, let's get back to the foundations of what is really important. And for Abraham, he was tested on the one thing that meant more to him than anything else in this world. You know, God is looking at our hearts. He's always been after our hearts. He wants our hearts fixed on him, that he's our prize, he's our joy, he's our reward, he's our hope, he's everything we long for and desire. Our whole world should be consumed with him. He is our everything and that's where he wants to bring us to. But maybe there's something God has put in your heart, something that he's put on your life and you're in that point now where you feel like, I don't know, I just feel like everything's being stripped away and and Lord this is what I thought you wanted for me but how does it fit? And, and here Abraham was promised a son. Finally, he gets a son. After 25 years of waiting, he gets his only begotten son, Isaac, through his wife, Sarah. And he, he has this point where, you know, you'd think, well, I've just entered into the promise of God. Life's going to be great now. But there comes a point when God says, Abraham, I still want your heart. I want your heart even more than the things I give you even more than the promises I make you. I want your heart, Abraham. And there's a testing. And so he says to take his son, his only son, the son that he loved, and offer him up. I want to show you something out of verse 5 here. Abraham saying to the young men who accompanied him and Isaac, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship And we will come back to you. Now, Abraham was either one of two things here. He was either in denial, saying, well, God's going to change his mind. He wouldn't really offer. He wouldn't really ask me to offer up and sacrifice my only son, my only begotten, beautiful Isaac. I don't think he was in denial. I believe it's a second one, and that is that Abraham so trusted the character and the nature of God that he knew whatever God asked him to do was for a purpose, it was for good, and that God would never dishonor his word. God would always keep his word. He had kept his promise to Abraham. He had given him a son, and now he had this rock-solid faith. He was immovable, absolutely immovable, and that is the point, I believe, God wants to bring us to in 2022. It doesn't matter what is thrown at us. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter the narrative that the world is pumping out. What matters is that we are rock solid in our conviction that if God said it, I can take it to the bank. I can stake my life upon it. I can absolutely with 100% assurance say it is going to be fine. God is with me. It is well with my soul. Abraham was so assured in the promise of God and the character of God to fulfill his promise that not even this strange request shook him. Now look at this. Uh, Isaac asks, where's the burnt offering? And where is the lamb? And Abraham in verse 8 utters a prophecy And he says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And this is a type and shadow of our heavenly father's heart for mankind, what he was prepared to do for you and I, the lengths he was prepared to go to. We can never forget this, people. This is the root and the foundation of our faith, that a God in heaven loved us so much that he sent his son, his only son, the son that he loved, the joy and the delight of heaven. He sent Jesus to lay him upon a wood cross, And to make him a burnt offering for our sin. That kind of love astounds me. That kind of love will get you out of any pit of depression. That kind of love will see your spirit soar. That kind of love will take a hold of you and it will make you strong and able to look adversity in the face and say, oh, I don't care what you try and do, devil. I have a God who loves me so much. That he gave his son, his only begotten son, the son that he loved. He was willing to sacrifice him to provide a lamb on my behalf. This is the God we serve. We don't have a God who is disinterested, who is um, unable to save. No, we have a God who knows every in- intricacy of our lives. He knows us so well, he knows our personalities. He knows our quirks and our perks and all the things that make us who we are. He knit us together in our mother's womb and he loves us. He loves us so much. We can trust him just as Abraham did. He was assured that no matter what, God had a plan and he and Isaac would return to the young servants. Of course, as the story goes on, we see that God did indeed provide for himself the lamb for the sacrifice. And he makes this beautiful promise to Abraham, I will multiply you, I will bless you, you shall possess the gates of your enemies, and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In 2022, I believe God wants to give us a fresh revelation of these things, of how much he loves us, and how trustworthy he is to his word. I believe he wants us to choose to have faith and not fear. He wants us to be full of faith. Now, any opportunity you get, you let your faith speak. Don't you let fear come out of your mouth. You're not a person of fear. God has not made you with a spirit of fear. He's given you power, love. And a sound mind. And he has equipped you for today to be alive and to be a part of his plan and his church. And the church will prevail in these days. The true church will prevail. We need to choose faith over fear. I can't emphasize that enough. I just want to have a look at some of the other aspects of this story uh, from uh, Paul's writings Uh, In the book of Hebrews, we're going to just quickly uh, flick over there. Feel free to turn your Bibles. I have it here on the screen as well. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19 says this, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called concluding, this is important, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham was was so convinced that what God had promised, he was going to continue on. He had not only promised him a son, he had promised him many descendants. So he knew, even if I kill Isaac and offer him to God, God will raise him from the dead. Because God's own word was that Isaac would be the one who would um, bring in all of my descendants. So he had such faith. Let's look at another one. Uh, Verse, Sorry, we'll keep going. So verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace... Sorry, I'm now in Romans chapter 4, (laughs) in case you're wondering where I am. Romans 4, 16 to 22. And again, Paul is expounding on this story in Genesis 22 that we just read. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Look, before I go further, I want to point out where I've highlighted. Those who are of the faith of Abraham, I have resolved in my heart that I am going to be a woman of faith just like Abraham, just like Gideon, just like so many others before me in the Bible, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I am going to be a person of faith like Caleb and like Joshua. I don't care how many people around me are full of fear, how many people around me say, oh, but what about this and what about that and you should be worried about this. No, I am going to be rock solid in a God who is my refuge in a God who can be trusted. I want to be counted just like Abraham as those who are of the faith, the faith in God and his unbreakable word. It says he believed God. He didn't trust what he could see with his natural eyes and we're going to see that in these next verses. Let's look at verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, He was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Oh, I love this. He didn't consider his own body. Let's not consider our flesh. Do you know two things happen if we consider our flesh and our abilities. Either one, we go straight into doubt and unbelief because when we look at our abilities, sometimes I don't know about you, but I go, wow, this is not going to happen. This is not, that can't be done. I don't have the ability and I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. So it's a good thing not to look at our own flesh. But another thing that can happen if we look at our own flesh is we can tend to go into pride. I've got this. I'm, I'm fine. I can do this. And we no longer rely on God, but we rely on the arm of the flesh. And the scripture warns us again and again about taking that position. Don't rely on the arm of the flesh Rely on the hand of Almighty God. So Abraham, that was the first key here. He didn't consider his own body. It was not his abilities. This was never about him. This was about God who promised. And then secondly, he was fully convinced. Another translation, the King James Version puts it like this. He was fully persuaded. He was so fully persuaded that you couldn't convince him otherwise. offer up Isaac and kill him. He was still so persuaded, he was convinced Isaac's coming back from the dead. I'm not only going to see God move amazingly, I'm going to see a resurrection. I mean, Abraham was so persuaded. He would not look at anything else. Yes, I have a 90-year-old wife. And everybody, including the science, says it's impossible. You can't produce when you're 100, Abraham, and your wife is 90. But Abraham wasn't looking at his own body. His eyes were firmly fixed on the God who made the stars and who promised him. And so he's like, I don't care what you say. I don't care if I'm 200. I am going to have a son with my wife, Sarah. And he was fully convinced And he received what God had promised because he judged him faithful that he would do what he said he'd do. How well do you know God? Are you convinced that he's going to do what he said he'd do? What has he promised us? Oh, I'm glad you asked. We're going to have a look at some of his promises. All right. I want to go through a, a few passages in the Psalms and um, and just, just go through these with you quickly. Um, these are some promises that over the last couple of weeks really resonated in my heart. There have been ones that we've been meditating on as a family. We're committing some of them to memory because it's so good to think about the character and the nature of our great and mighty God. All right, I'm just checking on the time because uh, I tend to go a bit long. (laughs) All right, so let's go through these quickly. Psalm 511 says, But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. If you have no joy at the moment, let me encourage you to see where you've put your trust. If your trust is in the Lord, then you should have a rejoicing coming on you. Because it says here, let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. I couldn't have a better defense. There's no better lawyer in all the earth than my God. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. All right. Psalm 9, 9 to 10. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. Have you felt oppressed? then good news, the Lord is your refuge, a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. Look, I just love that. We were singing that just before. I speak Jesus. Do you know his name? The name of Jesus. Wow, when you know his name, it says that you can put your trust in him. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Woo! These promises are good. Look at this one, Psalm 18, 1 to 3. I want to read the little bit, the little caption at the top. It says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. I mean, this is a really cool day in David's life, and this is the words that he sings. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from my enemies. Such confidence, such joyful hope and expectation in his God. And I want to leave you, uh, with this promise as well, in Joshua one nine, have I not commanded you? Says the Lord, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. All right, I want to have a look at uh, leading into now my next one, which is and uh, my last. Prophetic uh, parallel for this year, 2022, is Revelation 2022. The Lord is with us no matter what, no matter what we face this year. And I want to start off with this account of Moses uh, in the wilderness with all the children of Israel. They were freed from Egypt. They're in the desert. There's no water to drink, and this is God's strategy. I'm picking up the story in Exodus 17. And I'm reading five to six. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock and the water will come out of it that my people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now, what happened here was amazing, okay? Moses and all the people are thirsty, but God is with them. And God, in the middle of the desert, brings life-giving water out of the rock for them. And um, I want to just point out something here. Horeb, Mount Horeb that word in Hebrew means to dry up or lay waste. It means desert, mountain of dried up ground, glowing heat. I want to put something to you. In 2022, I believe there's going to be a lot of laid waste areas of people's lives in this world, those who don't have the Lord. A lot of desert A lot of heat being turned up and pressure. But I'm going to tell you something for the people of God, the desert, the Mount Horebs that we are forced into, God is going to bring water out of those rocks. He is going to bring living water out of those rocks and it is going to be amazing. Even in a hot place, even in dried up areas, We are not going to be dry. We are not going to be barren. We are going to be like a well-watered garden. And uh, I'm excited. All right, I want to show you something. These pictures are of a place called the Corumban Rock Pools where uh, our family went when we were on the Gold Coast. Um, We went here one day. I have to say I have never had an experience like this in my life. The water flows, I'll show you some of the other pictures we swam in here. It's just crystal clear. It's like, ah, oh, it's so refreshing. I just couldn't stop ducking my head under the water. It was so refreshing. But over here, there's just one of many waterfalls. And uh, and we climbed up all these rocks. We, we, we swam down the rapids near these waterfalls. But do you know, there's so many rocks all underneath the water. There are just rocks everywhere. That water is flowing and leaping over these rocks. And do you know what it is? It's mineralizing the water. Now, I have never felt so invigorated swimming before. I mean, my entire body was responding to the mineral content of this water. It was absolutely amazing. And I I just began to have this fresh understanding. I said to the kids, you know, when Jesus talks about this living water, I mean, the, the taste, it was just so amazing. And what it was doing to my body, to every cell in my body, I was being invigorated. And it was from this living, vibrant water. Well, I want you to have a look at this. So, Revelation 22, if uh, you'll go there with me in your Bibles, um, we're going to have a look at Revelation 22. I don't have all the references on the screen. Um, But I'm going to just turn there. So I'm going to start in verse 1, and it says this, And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each one yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no more night there, no need for a lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them life and they shall reign forever and ever. Listen, Revelation 22 is a prophetic promise for us. We have an amazing future. He is promising that one day we will be in a place with Him where there is a pure river with the water of life, clear as crystal. I just love this imagery. And um, it makes me think about what Jesus said in John 7, 37, and I've got that there on the screen for you. It says, On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was not yet glorified all right he is promising us that out of our heart will flow rivers of living water When we believe in him, the Holy Spirit will come and indwell us and he will provide a living water that flows. Listen, God wants every single one of you to be channels of his river of living water. He wants that water to flow out of you to a parched world around you. People are out there desperate. They need truth. They need Jesus, the truth. They need this living water. They're in a desert. They're in a dry place. And they need what we have to give them. Okay. Look, I just want to quickly run through a few things and then we're going to close with this thought. So uh, I got fascinated about this living water and what what it means. And have a look at this. I did some research. Um, I went to a website called... Uh, 13 excellent health benefits of mineral water. As I was telling you, this water. And same with Moses, the water flowed out of a rock. It was mineralized. Have a look at this. What are the health benefits of mineral water? Well, this is what this site said, and I thought, wow, they couldn't have worded it better. They said, if you're looking for the key to life, then you've come to the right place. The health benefits of mineral water will literally change your life. Isn't this hilarious? We know that Jesus is the living water and it's so true. He will literally change your life. No, it's not the philosopher's stone or a magic pill, but it is a substance that keeps each and every one of us alive. I want to challenge you, if you're not feeling very alive, then drink from that living water and he will rejuvenate you. It says, all living organisms need water to live. Water provides us with all of the vital nutrients that the body is not able to produce itself. Isn't that interesting? Remember, Abraham, don't look at your own body. Don't look at your flesh. No, it's the living water, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit that provides us with everything we need. We're not able to produce it ourselves but he produces it freely through us. Okay, they went on to list some health benefits of mineral water, and I've pinched just 10 of them from their side. I'm going to go through them pretty quick, but I want you to realize how much of every part of our body is affected by water. Okay, one, it promotes bone health. Mineral water being a good source of calcium is a real no-brainer, If you want to keep your bones strong and healthy. Do you want strength? Drink of the living water. Two, great source of magnesium. Magnesium is a nutrient that helps in controlling high blood pressure, nerve function, and blood glucose levels. Isn't this amazing? It helps our blood flow and our blood pressure, our nerve function. Can you see the correlation here between water and why Jesus said he's the living water? He literally wants to come and affect every part of our lives. Okay, three, controls blood pressure. Having a low magnesium level in your body can contribute to high blood pressure, heart disease, irregular heartbeats, and exposes us to a risk of congestive heart failure. Magnesium-rich mineral water plays an important role in lowering the risk of cardiovascular disease. Do you know Jesus is the strength of your heart when you allow his living water to flow through you? It's literally preserving your heart. Our heart does not need to be full of fear. Come to the water. Jesus even said it. Come and drink freely of the water of life. Okay, what are the health benefits for regulating blood flow? And again, the blood is so important in that living water. It says mineral water contains large amounts of potassium, magnesium, and calcium. These nutrients play a vital role in the promotion of blood circulation. It's no coincidence to me that these things are found in beautiful mineralized water coming out of the rocks. Okay, beneficial number five to heart health. High cholesterol is the reason that you may be exposed to various heart diseases and other conditions. Mineral water helps in getting a properly working and healthy heart. Is your heart working properly? Have you got a healthy heart? Or have you allowed fear and anxiety and depression and worry to settle in your heart? I'm suggesting it's time to have a good cleanse. It's time. To pick up the water of the Word of God and allow it to refresh you, to cleanse you, to fill you, to, like, rejuvenate you. Mmm, so good. By the way, I am drinking uh, mineral water. Okay, what else? Let's see. We'll go on. Helps get rid of constipation. I think this is a funny one, but I decided I'd put it in. Constipation can be prevented and treated with mineral water that has a high amount of magnesium in it. There is stuff that we just have to get out of our life this year. (laughs) Let me just put it that way. It's time to have a cleanse, to let some stuff go, to really be refreshed in the presence of the Lord, to remind ourselves of his word and his promises and to stand fast. All right, last few, Um, health benefits of mineral water. Seven, it promotes beautiful skin. Mineral water is the recommended choice if you're trying to make your skin glow or nourish. Eight, protection of the kidneys. Um, Studies show that the risk of kidney stones and calcium oxalate concentration is significantly reduced using mineral water. Isn't that amazing? Nine, prevents sweet cravings. Mineral water enhances the sensitivity, sensitivity of the insulin hormone and contributes to the balancing of blood sugar thanks to its magnesium content. So he is everything we need. He brings us into balance. And 10, increasing, increases energy levels and brain functions. Hydration status of your body strongly influences your brain. He affects every part of us with his living water. Okay, I want to finish with this, uh, two more scriptures here and I'm going to wrap this up. We read Genesis 22 before, but I left one little part out and it was this part here from verse 20. And I did this for a reason because, you know, we read the account of Abraham offering up Isaac and God providing himself a lamb. And then there's this strange little part at the end. Now it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham saying, Indeed, Milcah has borne children to your brother Nahor, Haz his firstborn and Buz his brother, Kamuel the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Paldash, Jodlaf Jod L- and Bethuel. And Bethuel begot Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Do you see what's happening? Isaac was willing to lay down his life in a sacrifice to God. Jesus willingly came and laid down his life as a sacrifice in our place. But God is not leaving Isaac and he's not leaving Jesus without a reward. And look at the reward it says, after these things, there was someone called Rebecca born. The bride of Isaac was being prepared. And right now in 2022, I believe the bride of Christ is being prepared. His reward is on the way. God is preparing himself a bride. Let's look at Revelation 22:17, 17, a bride for his son. And uh, let, let, look at this. It says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. You know, this morning you might be in this place and and I don't know what's brought you here. Maybe you don't normally attend church. Maybe you're here because it's just what you do. But I believe you're here by divine appointment. And I want to say to you today, if you have never partaken of the water of life, Jesus Christ, then today is your day of salvation. Don't be caught up in this world that is only going to get worse and worse before Jesus returns. Don't get caught up in fear and dread when you can have the assurance of a saviour, Jesus Christ. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem your life from destruction. He wants to crown you with his loving kindness and his tender mercy. He wants to wash your sins away and forgive you of your past mistakes. So don't wait any longer. We sang it earlier. Oh, come to the altar. There, Jesus is calling you. He wants to save your life and redeem you. He gave himself for you on the cross. If you would like to receive Jesus today, with every head bowed in this place and those watching online, I'm talking to you as well. If you want to receive Jesus today, then why don't you pray this simple prayer after me? I'm just going to lead you. Really, what's happening is it's coming from your heart because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's just that simple. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. So let me just lead you in a little prayer. If you're meaning this from your heart, then this very day Jesus will come and wash your sins away and you can follow him and spend eternity with him. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus as my saviour. Wash me clean, I pray. Fill me with this living water. I choose to follow you. I believe you died and rose again. And I believe you're coming back again for me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand this morning for his goodness and his grace and his amazing compassion to us. Look, I pray that you will be blessed in 2022 with courage, with assurance, with faith, and with joy, and that you go out full of this living water. Let me pray God's blessing over you. Father, I pray that you would bless and empower your people. Lord, let that living water fill them. Let them rejoice in you. Let them be used mightily by you this week as they go and be a blessing to those around them. Lord, let their very lives be like water in a desert to the people they meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. I can't wait to see you again. And uh, we love you very much. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.